Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metalweave Games supplement Baby Beastry. Finn is the trainer of Cerulius, a blue guard drake. Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Distractions aside, we'll do Finnegan talks to a hawk on his own later. <laughs> but Darwin and Arnis heading into the Sporting Association. The guild hall for the Sporting Association here in Caravel is impressive in size, but it's still modest compared to what you saw at the Silver Purse. This is a functional building. It's big, it's square, everything is very blocky. The doors are heavy. There are murals and statues of athletes, you know, discus throws, the one with a spear getting ready to throw it, or like a javelin ready to throw it, paintings of athletes back in their prime or being honored after retirement. There's probably a, f- a number of memorials for famous athletes who have passed here. But all in all, it's got a rather uh, upbeat vibe. And it's not meant to be impending. They don't want you to feel threatened by their athletes. They want you to feel entertained. And so there's a, there's a fun, uh, I don't know fun, but there's a positive vibe to the place. And you make your way in. Arnest Darvin. What are you doing? Do I see a, like, obvious direction for, like, management offices? <laughs> <laughs> when you first walk in, there's a help desk. They've probably got a bunch of little figurines of generic athletes on the edge of it. And this is older gal behind it. She looks like she was probably an athlete once herself, but has since retired. Gray curly hair, lines on her face, but still very, very tight skin. And she, she moves with ease. She didn't get like her body wasn't torn apart by her athletic career. She, she aged out rather than injured out. And she can point you where you need to go. She just needs to know where you want to go. Okay. Input from the team before I just do this thing. Is there a reason for me not to go just straight to the top? None that I can see. Okay. If you go to the top and you fail, then you'd be like, well, I'm going to go to the bottom then, and I'm going to turn your fighters against you. Yeah, that was kind of my thought, too. Um, all right, then that, that's where I'm headed. I want, I want to go 
to whoever is literally the head of the sporting association. The gal at this front desk, Florence, she welcomes you to the sporting association. She'll let you know, ah, you want Henrik. He's upstairs in the training room. He likes to get a good sweat in before he uh, sits down to the business of the evening. She'll point you to the stairs. You can go on up. Okay, thank you. All right. And the second floor of this building is set up like a training facility. Um, Like if you walked into a gym. There's a small boxing ring. There's some weights, some jump ropes, and various other things to get a good exercise in. And Henrik is at the jump rope. He's he's just jumping. He's an older guy. Also, once an athlete himself, hence why he likes to get his sweat in. He looks in decent shape for an old guy. He's jumping. He's sweating. Go on. Go about your business. There's other people working out here, too. It's not just him. He doesn't demand the floor to himself, but that's who you want. That's Henrik there. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to walk up to him and say, um, hello, uh, Henrik. Uh, my name is Arnis. I have some business I'd like to discuss with you. Um, but if you'd like us to wait until after you are done working out, we totally can. No, that's all right, young guy. Give it to me now while I exercise. Okay. Then let me start with a question. What are your thoughts on the silver purse? They're the price of doing business here. Okay. How do you feel about that price? You know, if it were up to me, it says between jumps. <laughs> I have to remember, I have to remind myself, he's, he's jumping rope here. So you have to imagine him saying this with a little bit more strain in his voice. I do not want to mime jumping rope right now. That's fair. You'd have to make up like one of those little nursery rhymes you say as you're jumping rope and his mm-hmm. response would have to match it. That's, that's true. And I, I, I'm not there. I'm just not there. I'm not that good. Sorry. Continue. <clears throat> For up to me, there wouldn't be a price of doing business. There would just be doing business. You're more money to the athletes, I say. Hmm. But that's... That's not Caravel. That's not here. We're here. This is, this is how we do business. What if it could be? Go on. You get enough people together, get enough willpower, you can overturn a system. It seems to me that there's one guy standing in the way, and all you got to do is get to him. Uh, who's that? Lynn Jarvis. He stops jumping rope. <laughs> There's a couple of, like, fast double jumps. Brings the rope down to his side. And Jarvis is just the head of that place. He he might have final say and all, but you don't think there's another Lynn Jarvis waiting? I think that if you show him what the will of the people is, all those other Lynn Jarvises aren't going to mess with you. How do we show him the will of the people, then? Go pick it. Go shout at the silver purse. No, you... You storm the contract house. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work, then... Well, our heads just all roll. Well, I mean... 
I suppose so, but I hang on. What do I want to say to him? Mm. I mean, Darwin, okay. if you okay. want to chime in, I, you can too. I, I, no, but I, I got nothing. <laughs> I got out of here. Um, and our heads are roll. Okay, I suppose so, but the alternative is living and doing business under a very uncomfortable thumb for your whole life because you weren't willing to stand up and take what was yours. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're dealing with actual player characters here, we don't have to resolve this in one role. So let's first just see how much he wants to be on your side or against it. Arnis, you can roll persuasion if you wish. Yes, please. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but I did roll a 19. Nice. Which means that nice. that is a 34. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> a 34. A 34. Listen here, young man. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Arnis, right? Mm-hmm. And your friend here, uh, and Darwin, did you introduce yourself? My name's Oscar. God damn it. <laughs> I was going to say never. Oscar is a joke, but <laughs> you went and never did it anyways. I went and did it. Listen here, young fellas. Arnis, Oscar. You both look young. You both look real healthy. You have a sword for a leg. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. You can do great stuff with you. Uh, and stay in court and elsewhere. <laughs> Whoa, now. Other arenas, not the bedroom. <laughs> um, it'd be great to see what you fellas can do. In regards to Lynn Jarvis and his uncomfortable thumb that we're under. Yeah, I'd like to lift that thumb. Some days, I'd like to break that thumb. It's not something we could do on our own. We got a lot of very talented athletes and a lot of talented sponsors we work with. Unfortunately, you know, it's not necessarily enough people and not necessarily the right people that you'd want tearing down a system. I'm good at running this place. I know athletes. Running a city, on the other hand, I don't know shit about that. So, I'm listening. What do you have in mind? Well, I, I'll, I'll lay out to him kind of like where we've kind of put our energy, right? As far as like talking to people and just say, so, I mean, I don't know the outcome of those conversations yet. We're going to meet back tonight and talk about how it went. Mm-hmm. I said, but if you need some encouragement, you're a little far away. But have you heard of a town called Karami? Might be far away, but I'm no idiot. Yeah, we get the news here. You, so you heard about what they did? Mm-hmm. Did you hear about who led it? I don't remember the names. I think it might be prudent then to reintroduce myself. Marnus Gray, bard of the Bard's Rebellion. Mm-hmm. You figure on doing the same here, then. I figure I got a town full of people who are being stolen from. 
About ain't right. How about you, Oscar? You in that rebellion? I was. I assisted. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You happy with how that turned out? Are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the bard of the Bard's Rebellion is happy. They got it named after him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Arnus was in charge. I was, you know, I was, what's the word? I suppose one of two right-hand people. Uh, maybe technically one was right, one was left, right? You can't have two right-hand people. Ah. You just have, you know, two arms on that side. But I'm anyway. It. Yeah, it, it worked out well, you know, the whole, the whole... We're not qualified to set up a government thing. Can I not have said that that way? That's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> what am I trying to say? I'm trying to basically let them know that we like did our part to set up a democratic government and then passed on, is what I'm trying to say. So it turned out pretty <laughs> well, I think, by any objective measure. I don't know. I imagine that the royals weren't too uh, pleased objectively. The royals aren't known for their objectivity. Oh, that is true. <laughs> That's true. I remember Prince Edmund. He's all right as far as royals go, but as far as royals go, most of them ain't all right. So, Oscar, you do it again? With Arnus leading, yeah. In his head, Arnus is like, oh, buddy. <laughs> he doesn't say that out loud. Your, uh, your Drake friend here going to be part of that? I assume they're the muscle. <laughs> She's part of the muscle. That's good. That's good. All right. Um, like, I'm hearing what you're saying. He goes over and gets like a towel and some water. Wiping off his brow, taking a drink. I hear what you're saying. I'm not saying you were wrong to come to us. We can offer a good amount of physical support. You just imagine and I'd mandate this for all of our athletes? No. But I figured the best place to start was at the top. Mm-hmm. Let's say I go out to the sponsors, I go out to these athletes, I talk to them myself. Head of the guild. <clears throat> they say no. Let's just, let's just picture that. They say no. Then what? Oh well? Is that good enough for you? Or do you want me to... You imagine I'm lording over their, their status and their pay to, to bend them to this. What are, what are you picturing here, folks? It's a good question. Some of them will say yes. I got no doubt of that. I don't know if all of them will. If you're good with that, just let me know. But I don't know what you're expecting. I need to know. I, I need to ask. I mean, what I assume is that people will act in their best interest. And if they see that their best interest is on the side of not having to pay an exorbitant amount of money to the silver purse, then they'll do what they need to. If they don't, then they won't. <laughs> um, someone roll persuasion again. I imagine Arnus, but I'd let Darwin do this too. Oscar, I'll let Arnus handle it. In this it. case. But whoever rolls will have advantage here. 
Alrighty. Not quite as good as last time. It's still good, though. Well, there's a 90% chance that it would be, that would have not, or 85% chance it would not be, so. It's a 31. <laughs> I'll go out. I'll talk to them. I'll talk to the sponsors. I'll talk to the to the athletes themselves. I mean, you're going to get a lot of pit fighters, but you know, we got some other athletes who do sideshows. Or we're involved in other sports as well. It's not just fighting. Fighting is just a big draw. <sighs> Normally, this is where I'd stop and ask, what's in it for us up front? But I'll tell you what. <clears throat> You go back downstairs, you take Florence with you, she'll be my eyes and ears. She'll speak on my behalf. I'll fill her in on the details, don't you worry about that. You let her sit in, you let her be a part of this, while I talk to everybody else. You got yourself a deal. Absolutely. You good with you too, Oscar? Yep, absolutely. Alright. Well then. I mean, you always stick around and exercise a bit if you want. I'm going to go hit the showers. And then I got some work to do. Apparently a little bit more than I was planning on today. Thank you, sir. Where can, where can Florence meet you? I realize I haven't actually told him who I am. Like, only part of it. Um, she can meet us at the Church of Rebellion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, Carmela, familiar with her. Florence might be, too. I don't remember. <clears throat> anyways, anyways, I'll let Florence know to meet you there tonight, tomorrow night. When? What's when's this going down? How much time do I have? Well, you have some time. We're gonna meet tonight and see where we're at, and then see what's left to do. So she should come tonight. All right, she'll be there. Don't expect in a free convert out of her. Don't know how much she uh, particularly takes to the whole church situations. Oh, this isn't a prayer meeting. It's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you would like from Henrik or Florence at this time? Nope. All right. Meanwhile. Do-do-do. Do-do-do. Nice. Always love it. Yes. You get distracted by a red-tailed hawk. You step back from the party. How do you go about befriending this red-tailed hawk? Mm, I think the first thing I do, 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 do... Let me just look at my spells here. Mm -hmm. Ah, I have Thaumaturgy. So, I... Uh, let me just make sure I'm remembering the way Thaumaturgy works correctly. Thaumaturgy. Cantrip. You manifest a minor wonder, a sign of supernatural power within range. You create one of the following magical effects uh, within 30 feet. Your voice booms up to three times as loud as normal for a minute. You cause flames to flicker, brighten, dim, or change color for a minute. You cause harmless tremors in the ground for a minute. You create an instantaneous sound that originates from a point of your choice within range. Uh, you instantaneously cause an unlocked door or window to fly open or slam shut. And you alter so, the appearance of your um, eyes for a minute. <laughs> So I make the sound of like the call, if you will, of this bird emanate from me to get its attention. Just like a, you know, 
Birds communicate with each other. And I'm trying to get attention by bird communication. Okay. I need... <laughs> oh, you've done something wonderful. And that is you, Finnegan, the tiefling, standing there in the middle of the street. All of a sudden, a bird noise just comes out of you. <laughs> uh, uh, there are other people around. Yeah, let's, let's, let's change just where I am right now. The, the bird is looking at the, down this alley. I'm going to go down the alley so I'm not just in the middle of the street making this bird call happen. Oh, come on. No. No. All right, all right. There is a bird call. Uncommon in this city. Not, not unique. Let's just say, because yeah, hawks sometimes come by and go after mice and rats or scraps of food. It's possible some people use that as like a you know athletes could have this as part of their routine. Performers could have this as part of their routine, but still unusual. But for now, you make the sound of a hawk, and the hawk's head swivels sharply, whoosh, and stares down at you. No, I've got its attention. That's helpful. You, oh, you've got its attention, yes. And I'm going to use one of my daily uses of speak with animals and call out to it. Uh, let's see. I'm just gonna and I'm just gonna say, mm, how is Finney gonna frame this? He's you know, one with animals. He's an animal trainer. I think he's just gonna keep it really simple, and he's gonna say, you know. Uh, come, friend, and speak to me. Okay. Would you like to roll some persuasion, or I guess animal handling would be suitable in this situation as well? Let's see. Just to see if the hawk wants to even pay attention to you. Training in animal handling. Mm-hmm. And with my intelligence bonus, because of my class skill, uh, that's going to be a plus 10. So I'm going to roll that. That's a 22. Mm-hmm. So this red-tailed hawk takes to the sky from its current perch, circles around above you for a moment before landing on a nearby... There's like a pole that has a banner on it, probably advertising for the stained court, and there's like a little crossbar on it, and it lands there. And it's just, you know, 10-15 feet up, but now very much near you. Just sitting there, cocks its head to the side. It's very unusual to see a person down there who we can actually understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I need a name for a hawk now. <laughs> Anyone got any good hawk names? Hawkins. <laughs> I'm not training a hawk named Hawkins. <laughs> That'd be like a human named Humanins. <laughs> Humans. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Darth. <laughs> This is the name the hawk would have given itself, or, or that its parents would have given its it. Parents, yes, or its friends. It's you know, however, name. however, hawks get names, and Beaky. maybe I was just gonna say Beaky. Oh my god, <laughs> really? I was literally. It was two seconds away from coming out of my mouth when you said it. I was just waiting for Scott to finish. You could have gone with Talon or Shriek. You went with Beaky. <laughs> I love it. Well, they have beaks. And so it's beaky. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Okay. Alright, I'm gonna make up a name. Uh, mm. <laughs> Shriek is pretty good though. Um Rat Killer. 
<laughs> Rat killer. Field mouse. <laughs> Dive bomb. <laughs> That'd be if Darwin was befriending it. Ooh. Flies in the sun. Caca. That's it. Um, it's it's, sorry. No, I've, I've got an A. I just need to know which direction to go. Red-tailed hawks. They're one of the most common birds of prey. Yes. I'm just trying to make sure that they are not nocturnal hunters. I believe they're day. I believe they're day, too. Or the very least diurnal. Because their prey tends to be daytime. And gazelles, I think, are the only bird of prey that are nocturnal, right? Or strictly nocturnal? Yeah, I think that's correct. Or they're the primary species. There are some, like, tangential or whatever, but... Yeah. Anyways. They're really just beautiful creatures. They are. It's one of my favorite things to do when I worked at camp. We used to, like, drive from camp to the ocean. You'd always be able to spot, like, one or two just hunting the fields out there. Okay, so... This hawk's name... Because I... Beaky... Pleases me so. God. I'm going to leave that door open. <laughs> they fly down and they're curious. Haven't heard one of you walkers talk to me before. Who are you? Hi. My name is Finnegan Tempest. And I am a trainer of creatures. <sighs> I am Sunbeak. Hunter of Vermin. Good name. Why do you speak to me? I, I am, uh, I'm looking for allies. And as I am one who is good with creatures, I figured I might offer a creature some help in return for some of their help. Hmm. What help do you offer, Finnegan Tempest? I, did you... See the creature that was walking with me earlier? Yes. That creature goes by the name Sir Elias. And when I met her, she was significantly smaller and significantly less skilled in hunting and doing all the things that creatures of her type do naturally. Through my training, she has surpassed most of her kind in both size and skill. I offer you in for return of helping me, my skills to teach you and make you better than any of any other bird you've ever known. You could make Sunbeak bigger. Uh, bigger isn't always an option, but I can make you better, potentially faster, maybe keener in sight. It is different for every creature, what I can assist them in. Hmm. All right, I need you to do something here to help persuade Sunbeak mm -hmm. to your cause. How does that work? How does what work? How does the training work? Uh, oh, what do I do to... Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing now to convince them that this is an offer that they should uh, take you up on? Mm. I know there's some sort of role with actually getting a creature on your side, but... But just convincing them to help me. Let's see. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't think we have anything written in the document. But let's check. Um, let's see. How do you gain a new creature? Okay, we've already done the make an animal handling check to see if you can approach the creature. 
Yes, you can. Uh, and then it just says, on a success, you can begin training. Um, ah, I think okay. this has just been like expedited for the sake of like getting creatures. But if you want me to be able to like in this instance better persuade, uh, we I don't know if we've established a gender for Sunbeak yet. Uh, but if we want me to better persuade, like to either like show off or or help teach them something right now, Ooh. we can play that out. No, no, um, I didn't remember that it was only just the one role to approach and then begin training. Um, Hmm, um, hmm. We can do another animal handling because the in the way written it, it was based off the DC in the BCR. Like so, like if you did the DC just to approach for the last one, we could do another one to see if they will agree. Like this is the animal handling check to see if they're going to agree to let me train them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what page is that on? Uh, it says eighteen. 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 Okay. Oh no, I'm sorry. The animal handling check stats on uh, on the BCR are on 18. The paragraph I'm looking at is on page like two, page three in our document that we created. There's no page numbers, and I've zoomed in so I can't see them. Page two. Page two. So the second oh. paragraph of the creature mm-hmm. companions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on a success, yeah, you may begin taming the creature. The first creature companion typically begins level one to be created. Um, all right, all right. <laughs> Let's see, Hawks in the Monster Manual are typically CR0. Mm-hmm. But we can make this a CR1 or 2 if you want. Mm, just make a, just a level 1. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I'll make, I'll make your... equating uh, level and yes. CR. I will make them a level 1 when I get to doing that. I, I don't mm-hmm, expect mm-hmm. to need those stats right now. All right, let's get back into it. Um... Sunbeak says, I am intrigued. What would you ask from Sunbeak in return? Head cocking, eyes focusing on you. Oh, yeah. Sunbeak, do you know um, where the temple is? And I kind of described the temple a little. Knowing mm-hmm. that the creature probably is another word, temple. The, the Church of Rebellion. Yes, the Church of Rebellion. Okay. Yes, I see most things most everything yes i i know this building and i uh and i kind of walk so i can see the street and i look to see if i can't spot like a guard in the street do you want to find a guard uh i just want to like eyeball him so yes i want to see if i can see in the street somewhere a guard okay roll perception 14 yeah you see a guard so I point out the garden. I said, I sunbeak with your gifted eyes, if you could watch out around the temple and see if anyone or any large groups of people looking like that one. And I point out the, the guard kind of dressed as such as he and or armed as such as he make their way towards the temple in large group. And if they do, then find me. And when you do, I'll have some food for you and we'll begin your training. How do I find you? Where will you be? I'll be inside the temple. We'll make sure there's a way for you to get in easily. Mm-hmm. If you're going to bring Sunbeak food, uh, I, let's see, what does a red hail talk prefer? I mean, I was just going to say a mouse or a rat, but... I think it's field mice or small rodents. Voles, rats, rabbits, ground squirrels, sometimes other birds... 
Yeah, they're including um, they're pheasants, intense. reptiles, snakes. Sometimes they eat bats, frogs, toads, insects. Oh, um, and they may feed on carrion. But hmm, what? Let's set this now. What is Sunbeak's preferred treat? I she's been hunting the alleys uh, around the city, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she's a she's a city hawk, right? Then I think it's yeah, I think it's mice. But, and she likes to perch up at the end of an alley and kind of swoop down and get one as it's trying to scurry across. And she likes them alive, of course. Oh, yes, of course. She will eat the dead ones, but alive, which will be real fun when someday you have to just go out mouse hunting. Uh, you don't think that we're going to go back and I'm going to start setting live traps. Um, then you are thinking <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Humane traps, so we can then feed the mice to my bird. And to my bird. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sunbeak prefers mice alive of course you provide the mice I will tell you of these people alright Sunbeak I believe this will be the beginning of a wonderful relationship I can help you grow and you will help me in this town the concerns of the towns are not the concerns of mine this I understand. <laughs> Anything else you want to do with Sunbeak right now? Mm, no, she kind of knows what she's doing, and she knows where to find me. And and I think this is, I think this may be one of kind of, no, I don't think, I know this is one of um, Finnegan's kind of typical MOs when training a new creature. Like, he does not like to bridle a creature and force them to train. He likes this kind of, like, free-range training mentality. Mm-hmm. So kind of getting them to come to him when they're ready, giving them a simple task to start the process um, is, is very typical of how he works. Mm-hmm. All right. If there's nothing else for Sunbeak. No, I think if you want to transition to a different scene, that was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Finnegan, making a new ally and possibly new friend in Sunbeak, departs the alley and Sunbeak takes off quietly into the sky, circling the city, keeping an eye out for these guards, and making her way closer to the Church of Rebellion here in Caravel. Does anybody want to do anything before night falls? I'm going to want to make sure there's an open window for her to get in through and set some uh, live mousetraps. Okay. We can handle that when we get back to the church, which will be momentarily here. Sorry, I should ask, is there anything people want to do outside of the church before night falls? Nope. No, I think I'm good. Okay. Okay. You and your allies return one by one to the Church of Rebellion to bring news of successes and failures of the day. Sam, Carolina, and Felicity, having had to leave the city, will be the last to return, but they are not here yet. While you wait for them... Is there anything you would like to do here in the church with your allies? Um, Other than get a rundown of what they did. I want to do that. Whenever Florence gets there, I want to make sure that I introduce them all to like to Florence so she knows who everybody is. Then kind of get a rundown of like what happened with the other two teams and make sure I give Florence an opportunity to ask questions either to them or like just to chat with me, whichever she's comfy with. So that she has kind of a like a lay of the land, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just right. really to make sure that like it doesn't look like we're hiding anything, right? Like I'm being as open as possible. Like I want her to have all the information. 
and I do. I'm not hiding anything. I just. <laughs> I want to make it look like she has all the information. I mean, she actually has all the information. I mean, <laughs> we're friends. Right. Okay, okay. Um, so it sounds like we're going to get a breakdown of things that happened. Finnegan, you would like to prepare for Sunbeak's arrival. You mentioned setting some humane traps for mice. For mice, yes. Do you currently have any mice? I'm assuming no. No. Because <laughs> if you had live mice on you, I would have loved to have known beforehand. <laughs> Do you have any equipment that is like animal traps or any sort of trapping equipment that you already have? Or Let me look. Like, I don't know what you, what's in your inventory at the moment. I don't know if trapping have... stuff is part of your equipment or not um rope and some rations and i have my leather workers tools uh nothing specifically like animal trapping equipment nothing specific okay if we had that then yeah we could just be like well those are humane traps and not deadly traps but since you don't this sounds like you are uh, this sounds like you're making makeshift humane traps Mm -hmm. what does this look like Box, stick, string, yoink. <laughs> uh, let's see. Given what I've got with me, it's definitely like it takes a little bit of some of my food, right? Like I take some rations and I think it's probably like a like a spring trap. Like I know mice are not large creatures, but I think you can still set like a, a, a small snare trap for one. I might get something slightly bigger or not a mouse, but I think whatever I would catch would be of a size that Sunbeak would be happy to eat it, but it might not be a mouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she told you she wants mice. I know. Okay. All right, Finney, there's not really a skill that really ties into making traps, I don't think. You can correct me if I'm wrong. No. Um, eh. Mm-hmm. survival survival could count for this because part of survival in the woods is catching food mm-hmm. I mean, oftentimes that's hunting but sometimes it's setting traps so I could see a survival role on this alright I'll take it alright mark off training. some of your rations or one of your rations and roll survival <laughs> damn that wouldn't die it's a 12 Okay. With a 12, all of your ration that you put out, that one whole ration meant for an entire person-sized person, that is gone because some mice have come, gotten a little bit, and gotten away. But one wasn't quite so lucky. You've got a mouse. Singular. All right, well, I've got one mouse. That's it's mm-hmm. something to feed her when she shows up, and then I can reset the trap. <laughs> she will be satiated with that. And you can spend more rations to set more of these makeshift traps. Okay. So, after returning to the church, Finnegan goes about setting up these traps. Your allies are returning from their missions of the day, getting ready to talk about their successes and failures. And while you wait for Sam, Carolina, and Felicity, Florence arrives at the church. She's bundled up. She's got on like a heavy fur-lined coat, some sturdy boots, some sturdy pants. She looks rather tough for her age. 
Um, she's a former athlete. I don't know what she did in her athletic career because um, I figure if she does have to do any physical activity, that'll play into that and we can decide at the time. It really depends. She comes in. Well, Henrik told me I could find y'all here. Is this all you got? There's what? Four adults? Parlin over there looks older. Yeah. Uh, after introduction, of course. Yeah. She not know your names. Uh, unless you don't want her to know your name. Oscar. <laughs> Parlin looks like they've seen more years than I have. No wonder you came to the Sporting Association. Y'all don't look that tough. You want to take on Lynn, huh? All right, I'm here to listen. I'm here to talk. What do we got? Um, um, I was just going to say, at that moment, Sam, Carolina, and Felicity return. A little chilled from the night air. And a little lighter in coin because they had to pay to get back in again. Right. Which, as always, sucks. But we're here, and we're ready to talk results. Who wants to go first? We could talk about your own individual accomplishments, or if you want to hear from the NPCs first, uh, we can um, do that. Given that Sunbeak could f- come flying in at any moment, and I don't want to be spazzing when a bird of prey flies into the church, uh, I'm going to go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just, and I'm just going to very simply summarize and say, I, I spent some time out in the alleys, and I meet an ally. Her name is Sunbeak, and her keen eyes are watching the building for us. She'll let, you, let us know if we have any trouble coming our way. She is a hawk, a bird. Huh. Risto says, oh, that explains the name. Um, and, and, and just like, <laughs> as an aside, like when, um, when Arnis and, and Darwin come back with Cyril, like she pads up to me and I like give her like, oh, who's a good girl? And like give her a treat. <laughs> she did good when she was with you. Um, um, um. She sits down and starts chewing at it. Yep. Okay. Oh, was, oh, was that all Finnegan? Sorry. That's, that's all I've got. Okay. Who do we want to hear from next? Uh, we've got the two successes from Sam Carolina Felicity and Mahogany Morello. And we've got the, the failure, unfortunately, from Seth Tonkin Parlin. Um, uh, and then, of well, course, there's your work with the Sporting Association. Why don't we just go in the order that we, like, did it so okay sure start with seth and parlin and just kind of work down all right parlin looks sheepish because they in their eyes they have failed their god but tonk will speak up like those merchants they're they're a tough sell we did our best i mean they're not gonna rat on us or nothing but they they weren't gonna give us any supplies and none of them Seem to be willing to put their lives on the line for us. You know, if we do good, they'll, they'll support us if we win. But unfortunately, that's about all we can get out of them. And yeah, Seth. I, Seth took a look at some of their books, and yeah, it's tight. They are, they are not lying about how much this is hurting them. Um, as, as Tong finishes up, Parlin lifts their head a little bit. Some of them... Some of them did take the cat ears, though. That was... <laughs> brought a smile to my face. Little victories, yes. 
Um, any questions for Seth Tonk Parlin? Just one. Do any of you think that if we got support from other places, we might be able to go back to them and get better backing? I mean, clearly not like supplies. I, I get it. But do you think they might be willing to put their lives on the line if they knew that they weren't the only ones? Like who? Well, I'm, that's totally hypothetical because you're the first ones we've heard from. Uh, Tonk will continue. Uh, I mean, maybe. Very few were outright against us or against pushing back at the silver purse, I should say. It's something they want. They're just too scared to do anything about it. Yeah, I get If we that. give them reason to be less scared, maybe. It'll be tough, though. Okay. 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 Finnegan or Darvin, any questions for this trio? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. Next in that lineup, then, would be Mahogany and Morello. Mm-hmm. Mahogany will take the lead here. She's a bit more of the forward one between the two. Yeah, we went out. We talked to some kids out on the street. and Man, kids here, just like Vermilion. Doesn't matter where you go. They're always looking to cause some trouble. Stick it to... I was going to say stick it to the man, but, you know. Stick it to the power, I should say. You know, when time comes, we'll be able to get some distractions out there. You know, light some fires. Wink, wink. Maybe harass some guards a bit. Pull some heat away from the contract house. But we're also able to get some intel, and we got some guards out looking for us. Not not us. Me and Morello. Us. Y'all who went and started a fight. Um, and from what we hear, Lynn sent out a couple of real hard asses. Uh, Brodus and Curdy. A couple of old vets. They don't take kindly to change. They don't take kindly to interruptions in uh, law and order around here, let's say. They've been going around questioning folks. Uh, it's only a matter of time before they either start bribing or pressing with a little bit more force, if you know what I mean. Uh, sooner or later, they're going to be successful. We've got to do something about that. I mean, either act first or, you know, send Merlo out, see if you can't take them out. If you want to hear that, it might be tough. Or just... Go call him out, maybe. I, I, yeah, you. You want to have a fight in the street? Y'all can have a fight in the street. Done it before. Street brawl, fun. <laughs> There's also something to be said about changing the hearts and minds of those that they're trying to bribe and pay, so that they don't want to give us up. Yeah, but you'd have to anticipate who they're going to go to. General goodwill go a long way, won't it? Feed the poor. Give them money for nothing. Empty the coffers of the church into the pockets of those who need it. And the corrupt have no power over them. Isn't that what we already did? Um, <clears throat> You're talking about emptying our own pockets? I think Reistos calls down from the rafters like, Well, yeah, you gave them the church's money. What about your money? God's money is the church's money, right? <laughs> I'd also say that we didn't do any of that today. <laughs> right? We did, we, we did that yesterday. Right. That's, that's true too. As he says that, I like I give a little kind of like shifty kind of like side eye look at Florence. Like, did she catch that whole thing about God? 
<laughs> she's listening. She's she's sharp. Like Henrik would not have sent her if she were dim. Right. This is not Henrik sending his old mistress out to go spy. No, like, no, 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 no. Trusted ally. She is sharp-witted. <laughs> she heard it at least, and you know, news gets around that there's a new god. This is a whole church about it, after all. Um. Yeah, I, I think to Arnis's point of we have to anticipate who they might press. That is really more about what efforts you make to go, you know, preempt that. You going out into the town, making those efforts, making rolls. And if the rolls work, then it works. And if the rolls don't work, it doesn't work. I'm not going to say, ah, oh, you didn't go to this merchant, though. It'll be, you rolled poorly, so you didn't get to that merchant, and they squealed. Okay. okay. That's, yeah. Don't worry, I don't have a list of everybody who will rat on you. <laughs> but if you make no effort to get on the people's good side then somebody will sooner or later. It hasn't happened yet because they haven't come knocking at your door. But anyways. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw out there that like, that should probably be the first thing that we do tomorrow. Just goodwill. Yep. Make that priority numero uno. <laughs> I think uh, maybe tomorrow we uh, start by serving a meal. I'm sorry. Was that Finnegan? Way, uh, <laughs> I was, I'm saying this not as Finnegan, just like to the table, mm-hmm. like start by serving a meal. There's no better way to get into the hearts and minds and through the stomachs. It's true. It's true. Church service. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll have dice rolls and we'll see if people view this as church recruitment or goodwill. <laughs> Anyways, Finnegan. Darvin, Arnis, do you have any questions for Mahogany and Morello? Um, I don't. No, I would just tell them that, like, make sure these kids know that their that their role here is distract and then keep themselves safe, right? Like, their role is not distract and then like confront. I'd never, never, never ask them to do that. Well, yeah, hit and then run. Yeah. I know how to do things. No, Hopefully I know these kids do, do too. <laughs> I know that you do. I just want to make sure that that they know that we've got their back. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Last chance before we move to San Carolina Felicity. I'm good. All right. Sam takes point on this. <sighs> Man, it was nice to get out of the city. No offense to Caraville. We should like Carmela, Florence. This place kind of went downhill real fast. <laughs> but with the help of some of the people out on the farms, maybe we could turn that around. A lot of people sympathetic out there. Yeah, farmers could leave, but where are they going to go? They have homes, they have farmland, you know, they got livestock. It's not like they can just go up the road and settle someplace new. You know, they're here, they've tied their lives to here. Silver Purse has only made that harder. Some folks, you know, Pull a plow, swing a pickaxe, hitting that spade every day. Yeah, some of them are real strong. Some of them are real pissed, too. They'll be here. Got a few of them say they'd send along some food and some horses as well. We need to be fast out there. We got something to hop on. They just need to know when to show up. When do they show up? What do we tell them tomorrow? That's the question. 
So the whole time Sam is giving the speech, Arnest just has like the biggest grin on his face. Like, yeah, that's my dude right there. And uh, I think that's really the question. So I guess that in somewhat answer to that, I kind of, I relay our experience with the, with the sporting association, which is basically like, in theory they're in, but Henrik isn't going to ask anybody to like fight who doesn't want to. Um, And so we're kind of waiting on numbers and they're kind of checking us out too. That's why Florence is here at this meeting. It's because they're in, but they're, they want to know what we're about. And so that's, that's what we've got. Hmm. Florence kind of shifts in her seat a little bit, leans forward. So it sounds like we got some kids. It sounds like we got some farmers. We got some food, some horses. We got some eyes out there. That's always good. And apparently, y'all got some money here to spread around. That's even better. I don't got any immediate concerns about this, except maybe keeping those kids safe. And of course, not knowing what Lynn has up his sleeve. All I know is he's got access to a lot. I don't trust him. Y'all shouldn't trust him. I don't think you do. But I just want to make sure it gets said. Now, if you got guards looking out for you, they're going to find you. We don't take care of that. Sounds like we'll all be screwed right here. But right now, right now I'm ready to go back to Henrik. Tell him we're good on this side. But yeah, knowing when to gather, that's going to be pretty important. I'm not saying I got to take that date back to him tonight, but he's going to need to tell people. Right? Yeah. And quite literally, like, we don't have to decide that tonight. Obviously, there's <laughs> the morning, there's the next time we play. Um, your characters can sit on this for the night and think, like, well, when do we want to hit this? Really, that decision will be up to you guys when you want to go and attack. I thought maybe we'd get a chance to attack tonight, but I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. We definitely have to get that decided on. Mm. Hey, Darvin. You still you wearing them ears and tail? Oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> that puts a lot of retroactive color on your uh, engagements <laughs> with Henry. <Right. laughs> I'm for it. He's the head of the sporting association. The stained court is very big here, and that includes a bit of theatrics. There are definitely masked fighters. I mean, there was the masked giant, which we never got to see. But there are other people who wear costumes. So that's probably why it went so well. I looked approachable to him. It's around this time that Sunbeak returns, landing on the cell of an open window higher up in the rafters. And there's a there's a piercing call from Sunbeak, this hawk. Scroll! Or however, red-tailed hawk sound. Uh, when that happens, I, I turn around and I'll wave to her and I'll like hold out my arm, giving her a place to perch and see if she does that. Mm, roll animal handling. Figured that was the roll that was coming. 
Oh, she is not going to do that. Oh, I crit failed. Oh, I mean, with my plus 10, that's 11, but. Oh. <laughs> Your animal handling is plus 10? Mm hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, but that is, uh, that is a one on the die. So, no, Sunbeak is not going to land on your arms. <laughs> Especially because you didn't give her the mouse first. Yep. <laughs> rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. You hate to see it. Uh-huh. Especially when you're not a rookie. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sunbeak does a lap around the rafters and perches up next to Ristos and just kind of like looks at you. Uh, Ristos looks at Sunbeak and it's chill. Doesn't feel threatened. Um, I think I've been keeping the mouse like in a pocket. Cause why not? Um, and with that, I, as I see her perch up there, kind of um, indignantly, I pull it out by its tail and I hold it out for her. Oh, you're just going to hold it in your hand? Yeah. Like, I don't want to drop it and risk losing okay. it. Well, I didn't know if you were going to throw it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really cool trick to train, but I don't want to take that risk right now. Okay, no, no accidental mouse down somebody's blouse <laughs> getting attacked by a hawk. Getting attacked by a hawk? Yeah, no, we don't want that. Not the way I just rolled. <laughs> because with our luck here, it's going straight down Florence's shirt. Oh, yeah. And we don't need that. We don't need that. Oh, Florence doesn't wear a low cut. It doesn't I mean, matter. Not to this type of meeting. Doesn't you take matter. her out to a ball, she might. We roll so shitty that it would have, find a way to happen. <laughs> anyway. Sunbeak swoops down, snatches that out of your hand, and returns to that perch next to Ristos. Happy for food. And as she's eating, I'm going to mm-hmm. uh, activate my Speak with Animals. Mm-hmm. I think this looks like, because it's like intelligence-based, right? It's not, I think it's not so much like a, a, a it's, like, it's like a magical way of speaking, not so much like a pure spell so like i weave magic into my words if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, and i i kind of look up to, at her and i say um oh yeah, sunbeak did you see something you're the crunch of a bone <laughs> sunbeak saw many things mm-hmm. the streets are busy there are many of those card folk in the streets but None coming here yet. The crunch. Unusual and perhaps concerning, though, is that the skies are busy, too. Well, the, the sky oceans, the, the ocean branches. Oh, no. Some of those guard people are in boats up there, looking down from above, trying to find you. All right. Crunch, crunch. Oh. <laughs> I, you did good. Sunbeak, thank you. We'll continue your training tomorrow. Get some rest. It's nice in here. Hi, you're free I'll stay, to stay here. Hi, you're welcome. <laughs> she said she'll stay before you told her she's welcome to, I but she, yeah. she will nod in agreement. Yes, of course. And she uh, kind of ruffles her feathers a little bit and adjusts her wings and kind of mm, settles down a touch. Aristos looks at her, looks down at you. It's a nice bird. What is the size comparison between Sunbeak and Aristos? It's a good question. 
a very good question. Um, let me go over here to get the size of an average well, size of an average D&D hawk. Hawk. Are rated as tiny, so they're comparable in size. Rhystos is only about a foot or two tall. Tiny. Yeah, because that's, that's smaller than small. So yeah, they're similar in size. Different, you know, proportions. Obviously, yes, Rhystos is a little bit more humanoid shaped. Sunbeak is a little bit more hawk shaped. So if you're asking, could he ride her? Not comfortably for either of them. Well, and and the offer that offer's not coming. He can also fly on his own, so doesn't need to ride a flying mount. But it looks cool when you do. Comparable in size. If you if at some point Sunbeak needed to make a point to Rystos, <laughs> it could be communicated. <laughs> She'd get it across in the end. <laughs> Fired. Yep. Hundred percent. Cool. That's all I need right. now. Thank you. So he has this like whole conversation and at the end of it, he's just kind of like nodding his head and, and the bird's settling down and Arnis is like, you going to fill in, buddy? So <laughs> what she says is that there's lots of activity out there with the guards. The most notable thing is that they seem to have taken to the sky waters in boats to patrol. That's about right. There's one fun thing about water, though. It is highly conductive. Uh-huh, that's true. Um, you... Boats are not, but water no. is. But capsize a boat. You shot yeah, no, the water. No. Yeah. It can certainly be utilized that way, with enough planning, with enough prep work. Can I ask a question about the ocean branches? Of course. Because I don't know that we've, uh, we've sort of addressed this when we were like, when we were going up to the Glamour Island. If you fall out of a boat, can you swim in an ocean branch or do you just fall through? I guess if you can get in a boat, you can swim. If a boat will stay on it, you could swim in it. Yeah. You don't have to worry like, oh, it's only 10 feet wide. So a boat needs more than 10 feet of water. Like there's some magical to all this. Okay. I mean, it's no. floating water in the sky. Yeah. I, and if you know how to swim, yeah, you could just, swim in one of those ocean branches. Yes. Okay. Okay. If you were to get, like, thrown with enough force at one, though, you could be go right through it. Okay. It's not like a net entirely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can slow you down, and it can hold a person, and it can, hand, and it can hold boats and other aquatic creatures as well, as we've seen. It just depends on their size and... How frozen they may or may not be. They're not frozen here because it's not the winter belt, but as you travel south, they do freeze up, as we saw coming up from Honey Hollow. Right. Okay. Okay. That's really it. Any other questions for Sunbeak while you got her? Mm, nope. Nope. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Florence sees Sunbeak and she's like a little impressed there. Hey, getting a hawk. Um, I think that's everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as you're all wrapping up your, as you're all wrapping up this intel sharing for the day, this status update, Carmela Hodge is the priest here at the Church of Rebellion. She enters in from her office. Well, you folks have been busy, 
By the sounds of it, you're all set to make a lot of noise here in the city. And I know that I am not the final word here in this church of rebellion, Aranus, she says pointedly. But if you do succeed, it could help to solidify and empower our church here. Now I know according to the laws of the church, everyone matters. But it sounds like maybe Lynn, he matters a little less. If you need our help, myself, Val, I could even get Lena back here. We'd be willing. You know, might also help if one of us got a seat at that table after this is all over. I know you're fans at councils and whatnot, but first, you know, we gotta win. Isn't that right? It sounds like the sooner we do this, the better. Lynn's only going to get more prepared. Florence nods. Ristos nods. Sunbeak naps. <laughs> He's only going to get more prepared. I'll tell you one thing that none of your friends here, well, either they don't know or they didn't find out or they don't want to share. Lynn's not exactly a fan of the church in general, not just ours. Source of money, yeah. That's the only reason he really cares. Let's just say he's been seeking some odd assistance. People tried to deal with the withering before the events in Vermilion. Tried some real experimental stuff. I don't know everything about magic. I am far, far from a wizard. Far from that tower of abandonment. But there's rumors that he's had some interesting success. And if you're going to go attack him, if you're going to go attack the contract house and the silver purse, you need to be ready. There's a good chance people are going to die. I don't want to be one of those people, of course, but it could happen. So it doesn't matter how many people you bring there to be strong and be successful. If there's one thing I know about the silver purse, and if there's one thing I know about Lynn Jarvis specifically... He's going to make you pay for it. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 Mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 Governor level, thank you, Paul Calicott, Phoenix Bryan, and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a 5-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time 
on Seasons of Skyrend. <laughs>